So I used to do my sermon on iPhone, and the older I get, the bigger the uh, tool I use (laughs) to look at my sermon. Um, First of all, uh, shout out to Fat Rock. I know you're out there in techno land, so thank you for letting me steal your spot this morning. Hope you're enjoying wherever you are. Um, As I begin, uh, there's a song that comes to mind. Now, I want to tell you, my heritage is... Uh, acapella uh, churches. That's my heritage, okay? And um, I got to admit, I enjoy singing with the group this morning. I, I don't get to do this much because my heritage is basically churches of Christ and acapella churches. So, um, but I am going to take you on a quick journey in song, and you're going to sing with me because it is a very easy song. We are all victorious in Jesus Christ, and we have a victory that, that others... Um, don't have that we want to share with them. So there's a song that I love to lead called Victory Chant, where I start it and you repeat what I do. And so I'm going to ask you to join me while we do this, okay? It kind of helps get me in the mood. It may do nothing for you, but I don't really care. Um, so, but if you'll sing with me here, I'll start it off. Hail Jesus, you're my King. Your life frees me to sing. I will praise you all my days. You're perfect in all your ways. Hail Jesus, you're my Lord. I will obey your word. I want to see your kingdom come. Not my will, but yours be done. Glory, glory to the Lamb. You take me by the hand. Lead me to the promised land. Glory, glory to the Lamb. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. How powerful you are. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. How wonderful you are. How wonderful you are. Amen. Y'all sound good this morning. Thank you. I want to be greater than, okay? You ever said phrases? Yeah, here's our slide. I want to be greater than. Have you ever said phrases like, I want to be better than? I I am seeking to be more than I am. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is? Yeah, that's what we do, right? I'm not the person I should be. I want to be better than I am. I want to be greater than my desires. I want to be greater than my sins. I want to be greater than my choices. I want to be greater than my weakness, than my sickness. I want to be greater than even my own selfishness. I don't know how introspective we get. I can't speak for you. I know the older I get, the more I spend time with my children, the more introspective I become because I see them playing out the, devi- the, the vices and the sins that I played out in my life, and, I, and I'm reminded that I truly need to and want to be greater than. You've been studying over the last few weeks out of, excuse me, you've been studying out of passages such as as what we're about to read here, how God has qualified us to share 
in an inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You've seen how God has created a foundation on which our reconciliation can be built or is built. You've heard that we can now participate in his inheritance and that we've been delivered from darkness. And folks, that's a blessing. So I ask you this morning, how has Almighty God qualified us to share in his inheritance? What what has he done? How does this play out in our lives? And I will say this morning, I think we all recognize that we're made new in Christ. In Christ, we can have redemption. Redemption is key to this lesson this morning. So focus on that word because redemption is everything. We learn that as Jesus is God in the flesh, he is the image of the invisible God as we read in Scripture. He is supreme. He is above all things. He is in all things. He is before all things. He'll be here after all things. He is Almighty God in the flesh. He is our Savior. And so for us, this means what we see in our passage this morning that we're studying from. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1, 18 and 19. Excuse me, I'm having allergy issues. <clears throat> he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. So what does this mean? It means that Jesus is greater than. He is the ultimate greater than. He's greater than death. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's greater than death. He's also greater than our problems. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He is also greater than our sin. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have, you have, been healed. He's also greater than our doubt. Now, my wife would say, I'm not so sure. No, she wouldn't say that. Um, He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Jesus is also greater than our past. Praise God, right? Okay. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And some of you may not like this next one, but he's greater than our plans. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. By the way, every time I point a finger at you, there's three back at me. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Jesus is greater than our pain as well. I have a friend, before I read this passage, I have a friend who is back in 2011. He's a preacher. He was a preacher at a church in Orange Grove. Is it Orange Grove? Orange Grove, Mississippi. Um, no, Gulfport at the Orange Grove, Orange Grove Church of Christ. Excuse me, Gulfport, Mississippi. He um, had recently had a guy arrested because this guy had molested his cerebral palsy, 21-year-old cerebral palsy son. And he found out about it. The guy got out of jail. Within 30 days, the guy showed up at his house while he wasn't there, but his wife and his son were, and, and this guy murdered both his wife and his son. 
And then my preacher friend shows up. And I never thought, after that moment, I never thought I would see the same man. I never thought I would see a guy who recognized that Jesus was greater than his pain because he refused to believe, in that moment, he refused to believe that a truly loving God would allow this to happen to someone who had been preaching and working for him his entire life. Obviously, as time went on, as he recognized God's grace and mercy, as he worked through and prayed through and lived through this, he is remarried now. He has adopted children now. He just wrote a book about the, his testimony through all this that he, is, he understands now. He, he sees that Jesus is greater than our pain. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Jesus is also greater than our fear. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He's greater than our needs. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And then he's also simply greater. Jesus is just greater. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So what about us? I want to be greater than my what? Oh, oh yeah, my old self, right? I want to be greater than my baldness, although I think it's pretty great. Um, I want to be greater than, than my personal decision, decisions and my own personal desires. I want to be greater than all these things that make me a stupid human, although I'm made in the image of God, so I can't be that stupid. So if I want to be greater than, then I have to allow Jesus to be seen as greater than in me. Others have to see him as being greater than in me. Otherwise, I will never be greater than me. We come to know Jesus and we find ourselves on a journey of greater than. It's a journey of redemption that is just exactly like the journey that Noah finds himself in. As he's called by God to load up an ark with animals and as many people who are willing to come, they're willing to get on, they're, they're able to get on the boat. Those who believe can get on and be saved. And the ones who do are. And so Noah takes his journey of faith, knowing that he's never seen a flood. He doesn't even really know what a boat is. But God provides redemption for him. We see it also in the story of Abraham and Isaac. As Abraham takes his son up to the mountain because God calls him to do so, to take him up and to sacrifice him. And Abraham takes him knowing that God will surely bring him back to life. Certainly, God, I can do this because you're going to bring my son back. But God's plan was not to bring him back to life. His plan was to keep him from death. And God provides the sacrifice. All a part of God's story of redemption because our God is greater than and the story of Saul, as Saul is the supreme persecutor of Christians, and he is slaughtering and imprisoning and devastating the faith. And Jesus shows up, and he shows up in a big way, because Jesus is greater than, and Saul is blinded. And we know the rest of the story and who he becomes for the faith as Paul. It is also a story that plays itself out in the life of a man named Laszlo. And I want you to see a video 
about Laszlo. If somebody has to give money for children uh, Bibles or usually for Bible, then perhaps they will, did not buy it. But if it's offered by free and, and you can have as much you want, I think it's a wonderful opportunity. Laszlo has connections all over, well, all over the Hungarian world. He's a very outgoing person and people like him. And when they come from distant lands where they've immigrated, they usually drop in to see Laszlo. And one of the first things he does is show them the EEM Bibles that we have. Being a Hungarian pastor for Hungarian community, I spread out Bibles on Hungarian area. And he's now one of our major distributors. He's not going into the parts of Romania that anybody else wants to go into. These are the people that Anne comes in contact with and who passionately say, I want to be a part of this. I'll help. Let's do this together. And they lock arms and they move together. Why? Because the Spirit of God is living inside of them and they can't help but do it. I am thankful to my Lord because uh, I am related to God. Because He saved also my life. And myself, I consider that um, I, I, I could not reject uh, and I could not neglect uh, such an opportunity to, to helping others. And people are begging for more Bibles for children, for adults. I think it's very important, the, the Christian teaching, not to, to tease them, not to push them, but to giving them on the hand the word of God and uh, in this way we know that they will be uh, much more related to God and uh, we hope so on the future they will be faithful people. It's just amazing and I know it's a God thing because the Bibles are going to everywhere in the world where there's a Hungarian community. They're begging for them. And we've just got to figure out how to get them there. Laszlo is one of a thousand people who have partnered with us since 1961. When the Iron Curtain went up in 1961, seven couples from Abilene Christian College, now Abilene Christian University, decided to hear the call of God, to take God's Word behind that, behind that wall. My favorite story is when... The founder of our nonprofit, um, back then it was not that, it was simply a smuggling group that smuggled Bibles in behind a wall. He said, We've got to get more Bibles in and we've got to get them in behind this wall um, effectively and efficiently. And so he stands outside one of these gates and he's watching because he thinks, I have to have a vehicle go through here to get more Bibles in because our little, what we call Marlboro Bibles, which we don't have anymore, but our Marlboro. Marlboro Bibles. You can tell I don't smoke. They are small and great, and we can put them in our hats and in our shoes and our boots, but it's only so few at a time. And so he sees one car at a time go through, and they're being 
swiped underneath with mirrors and dogs run around and trunk lids are opened and hoods are opened and doors are opened and they're checking for two things that create, um, there's a word, I, I don't know why I forgot it, um, two things that will bring revival to a region, two things that will ignite the fire of people. One of them is guns and the other one's Bibles. So they're searching for both. Well, suddenly he's standing there and he sees this black Chevrolet Impala drive up and it's got tinted windows and it's got two American flags on the front. It's an American ambassador, the dignitary coming through to speak to the government officials and they wave it on through. So he goes and he buys himself a black Chevrolet Impala and he tints the windows (laughs) and he puts two American flags on the front and they load that sucker up with Bibles front to back, top to bottom. And they pray hard. They say, Lord, we see this as a sign from you. So sure enough, they come up to the gate and they wave them right on through. God opens the doors. You have to be willing to watch for the doors that open. Since 1961, we've been watching for open doors. If you leave here, by the way, and you think, what a great ministry EEM is, then I've missed the mark. I want you to understand that we serve a great and mighty God that has so much power and authority in this world that we can't even fathom it. We've become the enlightened ones in our country. Not we necessarily, but as a country, we've become the enlightened ones. And we have all the answers, and that's why Bibles aren't in our public schools. And that's why we have separation of this from that. And that's, that's why the loudest voice wins the day right now. But over there, they're open, and they're listening, and they're willing. And Laszlo is proof of someone who is willing and able to hear God's call, and he is taking Bibles to many, many different places, schools, uh, orphanages, um, government officials. In Ukraine, we, since 2008, we've had a relationship with the presidency uh, and the higher-ups in Ukraine. And we've got some people on the ground that work for us that keep those relationships strong. And as of last year, we have filled half the public schools in Ukraine with Bibles and Christian ethics training materials. They're using the Bible to teach their kids how to act. And so academic performance is going up and discipline issues are going down. And that's really the impetus behind their president saying, well, that worked in these schools. Now I want EEM to fill all of our schools with Bibles. And I want them to come and through Character International, I want them to provide training for our teachers to know how to teach ethics so our kids learn how to love one another. In eastern Ukraine, when the Russians came in, and about in 2014, they came in and they began the war in Ukraine, and they took over eastern Ukraine. Our offices were destroyed. We had to move out. We have an office, and it was in Donetsk. Now it's in Kiev. But whenever they came in and, and started destroying things, they took our Bibles out of the public schools, and they started burning them, but they took them a lot of them away. We think that God used, is using that as a tool elsewhere now. But I will tell you, that the most amazing thing is now we're getting requests from teachers in eastern Ukraine who are saying, we want Bibles back. It's time. We're ready. We want Bibles back in our schools in, in eastern Ukraine in the, Don, in the Donbass province because we want to be able to teach our children how to love the people that have been trying to kill them. You look for doors that open. You look for opportunities because people like Laszlo, people in eastern Ukraine and others, are allowing Jesus to be seen as greater than in their lives. Then you have the story of the refugee. Muslim refugees coming to the shores of Greece. They're coming to the shores of Lesbos. And as they show up because their own people are destroying them, their own 
people, ISIS and others, are coming in and stealing their livelihood, their goats and their sheep and other things, and destroying their farms and, and raping their wives and stealing their children to use as slaves. And, and you, wonder, you can't think about these things happening in our country, but this is what's going on over there. So they get on a boat, and they try and escape the turmoil and the torture, and they make their way across the, uh, the Aegean Sea. When they get to the shores of Greece, they find Christians who are giving them food and beds and clothes and water, and they're taking care of them. And they're confused because their own people are trying to kill them, and they've been told that Christians want them dead. And so, I apologize, that scripture, I'll read it to you in a second, but go ahead and go back one for me. We find that disciples, these disciples that are meeting them on the shores of Greece are simply living out what we see in Matthew 25. Go ahead. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. And when they do that, the Muslim refugees ask, why are you doing this? You're supposed to hate us. And they answer, because of Jesus. This is why we do this. Because we love you because Jesus loved us. And they say, we want to know more about this love because we don't know love. And they've told us time and time again, we only know that we've been taught to hate because others are going to hate us. And so, here we are. EEM, back in December 2015, began receiving phone calls. Um, from um, a group called Hellenic Ministries in Greece. And they said, we are teaching, trying to have Bible studies with these Muslim refugees as they come into Greece. And yet we don't have Bibles in their language. You're with Eastern Europe. So you handle all that. Can you translate Bibles into Arabic and Farsi and get us some Bibles? Well, that was not in our budget. But we don't believe in sticking to the budget very often. Because when God makes the call, you've got to stand up and answer the call. And so we answered the call, and by the end of, 20, uh, end of 2016, there had been over 2,000 copies of Scripture in Arabic and Farsi provided to the Muslim refugees. By the end of 2017, it was well over 150,000 copies of Scripture in Arabic and Farsi into the hands of Muslim refugees. And I want you to know that as this takes place, refugees are coming to Christ. They're being baptized. They're finding, they're studying on their own and some of their own now are, are teaching and going back into their home countries in Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, and Syria, and they're teaching God's Word in the underground church. And, and they're bringing salvation to people who have not known it. Muslims are coming to Christ. This is Alim. He and his wife and daughter are from Afghanistan. Uh, the next one, this is Mahdi. Uh, he's from Iran. And in this picture, he points out his favorite Bible verse. 1 John 4, God is love. And he says, this is a quote from him, I have learned that God is love. Jesus is love. I didn't know that, and I now know that because I read it in my Bible and because the followers of Jesus have demonstrated that love. Muslims are coming to Christ because of love. They're not coming to Christ because we out-argued them and showed them how, how, what a fallacy the, the Quran is or how much of a moron uh, Muhammad was. We, we're not doing that. They're coming and they're studying and coming to know Jesus and they're recognizing, I've got to find a place to be baptized. I've got to become a disciple. Folks, when I met some of these people for the first time, they wrapped themselves around you and they're like, thank you for bringing me freedom. Freedom in Christ. 
This is Hadil from Syria. She is a new sister in Christ. Uh, this is Raida and her daughter. Is the next slide, Banesh. Uh, they're from Iran. They actually are going back, have just gone back to Iran, um, and they are working in the underground church. These are people who have been living under oppression their entire lives. And suddenly, here they are experiencing freedom for the first time. There's one I, I don't have a slide of. We have three men in December who are going down in, in the streets of Greece as refugees, going from place to place, shopping, whatever they were doing, and they were approached by Muslims who recognized that they had become Christians, and they came up and said, you have to deny your faith, because if you don't, we will kill you right now. And all three of them said, we can't deny our faith in Jesus. And all three of them were stabbed, two of them critically. Uh, I think one of them lost a spleen, and uh, another one was cut in the throat. All three of them survived. All three of them came back to uh, the Glafada Church of Christ back, uh, I guess it was, it was about four or five weeks after that, because they were in the hospital for a little bit. And whenever they made it back to the church, they stood up in front of the body and they said, we want to pray for our attackers because they need to know what we know. They need to see what we see and they need to understand the freedom that we have in Christ. This is, excuse me, a man named Masood. I'm going to let Masood introduce himself uh, through the video and then we'll talk about him. When I decided to come to Europe, my plan and my destination was uh, clear. I said, okay, I go into Germany, then I will go for the war uh, for, for better. And this is the moment they reach Europe and suppose security. Our boat was broken and all of us felt the same. I lost my son. Then I asked to God, I said, I need you right now. So praise the God, He's still alive. He prepared my heart there. I was broken. When I come here, I heard about the ministries. My friends uh, are went. I was thinking Christianity or Shia, like enemies. So it's, it's impossible they can love us. <laughs> then they introduced the Bible. It's completely different. I was praying, praying, praying. Because we have in Quran, if you reject the Islam, you, you should be dying. I didn't sleep three days. Then I say, okay, if I reject Jesus, I reject my life. Then I decide to come to face and follow Jesus. Many things is different and change in my life. I think God chose me to be here to share His word and His life and His salvation. Now my vision is for Afghanistan. Sometime I review my life and I can see very clear how God used the situations to prepare my heart. Masood, I tell you what, let's go ahead and go to the next uh, slide. Masood now leads Bible studies in Arabic to the, to the Arabic and Farsi speakers, and which is powerful enough on its own. Let me tell you real quick 
I think we jumped ahead here. Um, go, there's a slide missing. There should be before that. There it is. Okay. This is a group of Bible. This is a Bible study. You've got at this table. Think about this. Shiites and Sunnis at one table. Do you know your history? 1,400 years of war. And here they are sitting across from one another, not only sitting across from one another, but discussing Jesus. Discussing someone other than Muhammad and understanding and arguing and, and debating over what they believe and coming to faith. Folks, this is, this is unheard of. Next slide. Here we have Bart Rabinsky. Bart is our director of European operations. And you have uh, Masood and, and Yasser. And they're both from Afghanistan. And Bart sees them over there talking. And he's like, I know you guys are both from Afghanistan. Are you, were you friends in Afghanistan? And they just laughed. And Masood says, no, no, he's Shia and I'm Sunni. And we were enemies in Afghanistan. But we are brothers in Christ. So back to that picture. This is the sound of our Heavenly Father, our Jesus, our Savior, who is greater than, tearing down walls between Himself and Muslims, between Christians and Muslims, between Muslims and Muslims, because Jesus is greater than. Can you even fathom? He's greater than all of this. And these aren't just people in a far-off land. These are real-life illustrations of how our mighty God is working through His story of redemption. And this is where many choose to play an active role to get involved because this is something we're all invited to be a part of. We're all, and I'm not talking just about you and participating with EEM. I'm talking about being part of God's story because we are, to, we are, are challenged to be a part of the story, to walk hand-in-hand hand with the Creator of the universe, to make a kingdom difference for the lost and the downtrodden and the broken, whether it be in Huntsville or where I live down in South Alabama or in Texas where I just moved from or wherever it might be. And so as God opens the doors for us to plant His Word in the hearts of the lost across the globe, He invites each of you to be a part of the story as well. I can't leave today without, without truly inviting you to be a part of this ministry. Um, I, I love what I do because I get to tell stories about real-life things that, are, that God is engaged in and lives He's changing. And we all get to play a part. For our God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, and we usually stop there, but it is according to His power that is at work within us. And so if you'd like to know more information about what we do, how you can be involved, I'll be out there at the end of everything. We have a table with some brochures, and you can see some of the Bibles that we provide. You can see them on a table out there. You probably can't read them, and you see the Arabic and Farsi Bible. It's not laying backwards. That's actually how it lays, so don't flip it over. <laughs> Jesus is... The fullness of God, and He was from the beginning, and He will be here until the end. He is with us, He is in us, and He will be with us forever. And if Christ is head of the church, and if He is in all things and above all things and all of that, then no matter your situation and no matter your story, no matter your heartache or your heartbreak, He is greater than. And that's the challenge I want to leave with you today. Resurrection Day is coming up, folks. We should praise God and be thankful. If you bow with me, let's pray this morning. Almighty Heavenly Father, the day is yours. Our hearts are yours. 
Our mission is yours. We pray that we will recognize and we'll place ourselves in your hands as we seek to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. You really want to know what that greater than life with Jesus is? I can't think of a better way than to invite you to the waters of baptism. Uh, When you're baptized, you're created new. And so this morning, if you've never been baptized and you truly want to experience that greater than life through Jesus, I invite you as we sing our song of invitation to come forward. Or maybe this morning uh, you've been baptized, you believe in Christ.